Thanks for tuning into the Canadian Beacon podcast. Canadian events for the regular people. We have an interesting show tonight, which uh, deserves a little bit of a, a preamble or a, a little information before we get into the long discussion ahead. Tonight, we talk about the Canadian residential schools. A lot of people don't know what a residential school is. So we'll start off with just a little background. And so we can understand uh, what the whole situation is. I refer to the history of residential schools on the indigenouspeoplesatlasofcanada.ca. They have a, a good article uh, that was uh, quotes off of the, the truth and reconciliation. Uh, so a history of residential schools. Residential schools operated in Canada for more than 160 years, with upwards of 150,000 children passing through their doors. Every province and territory, with the exception of Prince Edward Island, Newfoundland, and New Brunswick, was the home to the federally funded church-run schools. The last schools closed in Saskatchewan in 1996. First Nations, Métis, and Inuit children were removed, often against their will, from their families and communities and put into the schools, where they were forced to abandon their traditions, cultural practices, and languages. The residential school system was just one more tool in a broader plan of aggressive assimilation and colonization of Indigenous peoples and territories in Canada. That's quite the statement. A quote from the Reconciliation Committee was the Canadian government pursued this policy of cultural genocide because it wished to diverse itself of its legal and financial obligations to the Aboriginal people and gain control over their land and resources. If every Aboriginal person had been absorbed into the body politic, there would be no reserves, no treaties, and no Aboriginal rights. That came from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission Canada, honoring the truth, reconciling the future. And that was the summary of the final report of the, the commission. Federal residential school systems began in around 1883. The origins of the residential school systems can be traced back to the 1830s, long before Confederation in 1867, when the Anglican Church established a residential school in Brantford, Ontario. Prior to this point, churches had built schools specifically for Indigenous children since the mid-1600s. Though this early period, these mission schools were primarily located in eastern Canada, but as missions and colonial efforts moved west of the Great Lakes, so did the schools. The Canadian government and the Canadian churches built the residential school system as a means to solve the Indian question in Canada. The perceived threat and barrier posed by Indigenous people to the ongoing construction of the newly forming nation of Canada. They developed a system that mimicked schools in the United States, Britain's colonies, where governments and colonial powers used large boarding style industrial schools to convert masses of indigenous and poor children into Catholics and Protestants and turn them into good industrious workers. These schools were used in Ireland, South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand, as well as in Sweden as a way new settlers to claim land traditionally occupied by Indigenous people. 
Canada adopted this model in order to enforce the adoption of European traditions, languages, and lifestyles by First Nations, Métis, and Inuit children. Originally, the residential school system focused on industrial labor schools and farm schools. By 1900, there were 22 industrial schools and 39 residential schools in Canada. In 1931, at its peak, there were over 80 schools in operation. While most of them would be called residential schools, they were often maintained industrial work through large gardens, barns, workshops, and sewing rooms. Catholics and Protestant churches provided much of the original direction on where the schools would be placed and how the school system would grow. Government Indian agents and officials from a wide variety of different departments played a central role in the development and maintenance of the residential school system. Many of the first schools were built close to existing school missions. The quality of education inside the schools and the buildings themselves was substandard, though much of the history of the system. Early schools were notoriously inefficient, underfunded, and mismanaged. Accounts from survivors and staff showed that the buildings were often in poor state and in some cases, even dangerous. Fires frequently ripped through the schools and several of the buildings burned down completely, only to be rebuilt later. Some northern schools ran out of tents and temporary shelters. Later schools were constructed from heavy bricks and mortar-style architecture in an effort to show the permanence of the government's education policies towards Indigenous people. These newer schools, while an improvement over the early schools, continued to be plagued by low-quality food, accommodation, and living conditions for students. That gives you a little background of what residential schools were designed and used for. It's kind of interesting. Today, we have uh, lots more to talk about, and I'm looking forward to an exciting discussion with Todd and Paul. Exhume the bodies, identify the ones they can. They have to go and find the people, like they've done compensation to people who went through this. It's disgusting that they had to go to civil court and sue in order to get it. The second thing is, is that they've got to see who's still living that ran or was involved in these schools, get their witness and testimony as to what happened. This is like the war crimes trial. Yeah, yes. this, is actually, this is actually a violation of international law. These people who ran these schools could actually be charged like the Nuremberg trial. Yeah. Now people would argue, okay, it's not on the same scale, but to some, I mean, okay, yeah, maybe it wasn't the Holocaust, but if you're one of those hundreds of kids that died and didn't never saw their home or parents again. It was a Holocaust uh, for them. Yeah. yeah. Like they say, it's it doesn't matter how big the war is, if somebody's shooting at you, it's a war, right? And that's and in this case doesn't matter if it's an atrocity one way or the other and it was actually a deliberate ethnic cleansing it was it is exactly it was ethnic cleansing and but we as our responsibility is we aren't individually responsible for what happened but we're responsible for this point on because we know yeah it's we know obligation for us to call upon justice uh being 
held for these people that were uh, murdered or, or died uh, for no reason or suffered. Exactly. Um, and what I'm afraid of is, and this is the way, like Paul said about the Catholic Church, um, you know, looking the other way, and that prick in Ottawa that have the gall about, you know, we are with the people of that school when his dad ran was responsible for running those schools for 10 years yeah they've known and the liberal party who has been governing this country for a long long time and know and there's people around that were responsible for administrating these there's people responsible in the churches that ran them and uh, i looked up i did a little bit of research to that particular school it was run by the Catholic Church from 1890 to 1969. The federal government ran it from 1969 to 1978. Mm. And they're called the Missionary Oblates of Mary the Immaculate. And they ran 40, 47% of the regi- re- residential schools in Canada. What an oblate is, I looked it up and an oblate is just a term for a lay person who isn't exactly a priest. Okay. So this is kind of like a subsidiary of, of uh, Catholic Inc. And uh, basically, I'm sure they get funded by, for running these schools from the government and things like that. So they have, what do you call it, plausible deniability because it wasn't directly... Um, Arm's run- length. Yeah, kept yeah. them at arm's length. Good point. Yeah, and come on, man. They are, you know, their hands are covered in blood on this. If the government, you know, they'll probably say, oh, let's do another commission or let's do this or this, that. No, sorry. Get the freaking RCMP out there. Find out who ran all, what, I mean, how would they do a normal murder investigation? Yeah, I would, I'd go one further and I said, get an actual real police service to go out and investigate. Yeah, uh, you bring you bring up a good point, Craig. Like maybe uh, I, I think they uh, a good uh, investigation out in that particular one might be uh, either Vancouver PD or something like that, or or uh, you know to go do the homicide unit because they know actually how to do a criminal investigation as compared to the, the Andy uh, you know Andy of Mayberry RCMP, right? They can <laughs> dig up those bodies. They can exhume those bodies, and in a lot of ways with their testing can they not um determine cause of death on some of them on some of them yeah they can do all kinds of things under uh, uh under post-mortem like doing uh through the coroner's office do a lot of tests at the very least they they might be able to identify ancestry um uh for some of them that uh, so that there's some closure for mm-hmm. families right and uh they'll be able to do that they, if there's okay. obvious signs they, they, of and other times uh, they would say I'm sorry. What happened to a kid? They had these stories. Oh, the kid just ran away. Yeah, that's a lot of the excuses. The kid ran away, hasn't been seen since, right? Yeah. And, and we know what happened with John Picton's farm out in British Columbia in respect to uh, people running away, just not being seen again. So, uh-huh. you know, it's, uh, I, I think at least they could maybe get some closure for uh, ancestors of these, these victims. Um, any uh most of it's going to be bones only uh skeletal remains you'll you'll have to look for uh 
telltale type injuries that might lead to death, you know, uh, broken, you know, bones in the neck through strangulation or, or, you know, concussions or broken arms or legs that might have caused, you know, bleed outs or things of that nature. But mm-hmm. yeah. It's interesting though to take a look at all this stuff and, and when is when is this all all this stuff coming out? Once again, you look into the states, you've got uh, the founding party, the founder of the KKK, the Democrats that blame the Republicans for the very same thing to yeah. abolish slavery and had the first black senator. You got the liberals up in here who you mentioned earlier, Todd, that uh, his uh, his dad was running it for 10 years. You have the Catholic Church that seems to be involved in any missing child's case, mm-hmm. allegedly. And it's just, it, it, I, I just question right now, what is the liberal government running with this so hard? What are they doing? Are they making you look left, do something on the right? Oh, I, 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 I there's, there are no coincidences. This is, this, there's people out there that have known this for a long time, this story. And I, I, you know, I agree with you. What uh, I think that they're going to use it for a diversion, yeah, of some sort. And that's the that's the sad part about it. They're so <laughs> fucking cynical that, yeah. you know, to most of us, most people who, you know, we all have children, right? We all have yeah. families, and can only imagine going through what some of these people must have went through. And they play on those emotions to get something that they want. They're, made, yeah. they're reprehensible. Well, think about it this way. Those people that were, were, were killed, murdered, uh, pretty much abducted and kidnapped from their own homes, they were victims once. They're being victimized again for political gain. Yeah, exactly. Somehow, some manner, you are digging those bodies up so you can kill them again. And that's yep. what I hate. Every time you look at it, everything's got to be politics. Everything's there will never be common ground. Oh. You've got they're 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 brutalizing the victim every possible way. And the people that are responsible for all this will never be brought to justice. You oh, know no, that. Have, have eighty-five yeah. commission reports. Uh, heck, the guy in uh, Ottawa right now doesn't even follow his own liberal cabinet report saying to get rid of the $3,000 fine in the quarantine hotels, he doubles yeah. down and finds you five grand and keeps the quarantine hotels. Yeah. And so doesn't use that, it that's who you're dealing with. Goes over to the G7. Well, yeah, and exactly. And you know what? You know, there's more outrage for him, for a guy in, was it Kazakhstan? A reporter in Kazakhstan while well, they're jailing pastors and uh, reporters at home here. You look over, we have more sympathy for all the people in the, the ethnic cleansing in Kosovo and uh, Sarajevo. Yeah. And mm-hmm. really, you ask a lot of Canadians about what this residential stuff is all about. They haven't got a clue. No. Yep. I haven't got a clue. Craig and I grew up beside the Six Nations and uh, knew a lot of people in school that were from the reserve and were native, right? And we still, like... Uh, we all heard about residential schools. It would pop up in the news every once in a while, like about, you know, kids running away from them and missing the beatings, the sexual abuse, things like that. But not like this. Yeah. Now, uh, an, one argument they're saying about these uh, 215 kids that are buried there in this mass grave, they're, they're saying also, uh, 
they're trying to uh, equate it to things such as uh, tuberculosis and po polio and all these other things that occurred. But on the, if that was the case, you'd think uh, they'd keep records. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like that's like saying all the people in the concentration camps died of typhus. Yeah, no, they died, they died of starvation and, and typhoid. Yeah, typhus and uh, yeah, yeah, remember that? Yeah, that was the uh, that was the uh, the uh, explanation why all those people were dying in the um, the death camps, and they had Listen, to incinerate no, the bodies after they died. Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, doing the public you, service, you, right? You're right there, Greg. Like we, the Catholic Church has historically kept historical documents of migration, marriages, everything else. You think they would do the same thing with uh, the health statuses, right? That's right. I know, and if if there's a death uh, and it's in, um, like presently, if, if someone dies in a public COVID. institution, yeah, not COVID, but in a public institution or uh, under, uh, as being locked up or in, a, in a, a correctional facility or any kind of public institution, uh, it, under the Coroner's Act, it immediately requires what is known as a coroner's inquest. And so you see what's missing in these 215 kids right there is there's kids are in a public institution who have passed away. And really, it should have become a coroner's inqu uh, inquiry at that point, And an inquest should have been held for each one of those kids. Especially when you were saying you guys live uh -huh. there and you've heard whispers and everything else. Where there's smoke, there's fire, right? You think yeah. that they would do the due diligence? Yeah. I think your uh, your concept or your idea, Paul, about you know this this being a diversion. Uh, one of the possibilities is um, nothing gets the heat off the government by people fighting each other, and. And again, Trudeau is playing up like he's actually sympathetic to what happened and he's going to do everything but actually do something to, you know, remedy the issue and reconcile. Yes. Where, for the people, the Native people, where are they going to focus their resentment? Are they going to focus it on the Catholics or on the, on the government or are they going to focus it on the general population? I think exactly. it's the white population. Yeah, I think it's it's not going to go to the right direction. Uh, you you take a look at what happened in Toronto at Ryerson. Yeah, under where we under the rules and laws we're living at, they assembled incorrectly. They caused public mischief and tore down the statue. Yeah, no one's going to get charged. No, it almost seems you know you had the Antifa Black Lives Matter movement kind of fizzle out a little bit. So let's just stir the pot and get these people going again. Let's get subgroups mm -hmm. going against each other. If a country is uh, divided, how can they ever come together, unite, and fight a common goal? It, it does not matter who it is. The government will always be there to cause strife so that they can always, it's always create the problem when you already have the solution. Yeah, yeah the Hegelian no. dialectic, right? And you're 100%. right because, um, you know, these, these people are being victimized again because idiots like the Marxists and are going to use this as um, a, a rally uh, cry. 
a rally, rally cry. cry. Well, not only you that, know, one of one of the liberal MPs is using it to flaunt his book uh, on that he's just released, that he just wrote uh, on reconciliation and and the Indian issue, and he's trying to profit off it. Who was it? Oh, I forget. He's uh, uh, one of the MPs from up north. He's uh, a native guy up there, I think. Is what Charlie I Angus? Huh? Charlie Angus. Charlie Angus. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't know, but he's a liberal, liberal MP. And also, yeah. did you see, um, speaking of what's happening here, in one hand is being diverting you from watching what's in the other hand. Um, the liberal uh, party, I guess, has issued a a state of emergency and and told everybody to get their uh their their nominees and everything else done for an election as soon as possible when did you mm-hmm. what's the source that was out that? today the the liberals are are going into high gear to prepare for an election right now well, well you might as well they should <clears throat> for heaven's sake strategically the other t- the other side suck yeah I don't even think yeah. they need to go in high gear. Well, it's like being elected to be the captain of the Titanic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's we well, got the PCs irrelevant. NDP never. Who is yeah? Who else you got? Yeah. You know that tells me um, that's not good because things aren't good right now. No. Things are not good, and you always risk the wrath of the public when you're the incumbent government and you're you're running uh, for re-election. So that tells me that they think this is where their best chance is, and that's not really good. <laughs> that's not good news because then that tells me things aren't going to be that great moving ahead either. Oh. And you know. It's funny, um, last week we were making like the BLM, uh, George Floyd uh, jokes and everything like that. And I was kind of contemplating George Floyd a little bit afterwards. And it's just, this seems like something that's rhymed with history before. And, and this, it, it may seem like I'm going off on a tangent, but I think it all comes into one thing. Um, there was a gentleman, well, he wasn't even a gentleman. He was basically a pimp in Nazi Germany, who was a, a brown shirt named Horst Wessel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was. He was a piece of shit. Yeah. And uh, he was murdered by some communists. And um, they even came up with the Horst Wessel song, which was written by him. And the stormtroopers would rally around it. They turned him into a hero. <laughs> There's a lot of parallels to George Floyd. Yeah, and, and, and they use that to rally the guys to go after the communists, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, it ties into the election, to the residential school thing, is somebody's pushing the buttons. Yeah. Somebody's pushing the buttons to get something going here. And um, I, I, I think the uh, government is, expecting pretty tough times go moving ahead and they want the public as divided and confused as possible yeah and and i I think it all goes to i was watching this one clip uh over in the european um 
I think the European Union. And he went through and he talked all about lockstep and the Rockefeller Foundation of everything that's going to come through. And if I look, I don't think Trudeau is well-respected internationally, but he's definitely a good lapdog. He, he seems to roll out, like you look at all the restrictions that Canadians have. It's uh, the only other person that I could see is more restrict, more restrictive is probably New Zealand. Or and outside Russia, of yeah. that, yeah. Uh, outside of that, yeah, that it's like, it seems there. like he's your number one globalist boy. He's doing everything according to plan. And um, I, I do agree with you, Todd. I think it's going to be rough days ahead. It doesn't look good, in my opinion. No. It's, we, we're going to vote they, in. We're going to vote in a dictatorship. Is essentially what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember somebody predicting that too. I forget. Remember that memo that came out, and there was really no valid source, but pretty much everything that occurred in this memo about you know the third wave, um, the economic issues, the universal basic income. Uh, Trudeau saying the next election is going to be the last election. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost coming true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's basically a dictatorship now. But I find that interesting, though, that story, Craig, because didn't last week that um, all the parties unanimously agreed, except for Derek Sloan, uh, voted to... Uh, postpone the next election until the pandemic, in quotes, crisis, crisis is over. Yeah, yeah, they did, but uh, it's it's literally uh, Rebel News uh, reported this today is uh, that they received information from the Liberal Party insiders and emails and everything else that they've gone into full blown red alert they call it or their emergency mode to to make sure that they have their nominees for uh, for members of parliament and all their, uh, all their people are set in place, their funding is in place, they, they're, the menu, their teams are all in place ready to, to start to, to do the campaigning. So yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so, uh, Leading off from uh, final words on uh, residential school, guys, uh, what do you think? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I hope I hope that, you know, like, are we going to go yearly and find a new residential school and dig up the backyard? Yeah, we should dig them all up right now. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, we can. I agree what your point is. We're going to apologize every five years for the same thing again, over and over again, um, well, which yeah. is can get a little old, um, you know, but they have to another discovery every four or five years will prompt it. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, maybe uh, Paul's theory of something else going on is maybe they're realizing the pandemic's almost over. So they need another crisis. To, That's uh, right. Well, the, the crisis would be once uh, the, the response from the indigenous communities when they start doing the blockading again over it. Yeah, because again, they're going to get pissed off because they're going to say, okay, here's all this rhetoric, everyone back to normal, government doesn't do anything, and then 
crickets. Yeah. Doesn't it almost seem, guys, that it's like such an old and used playbook? 2003 coronavirus. Then let's get into Ebola outbreak. Then let's get into, you know, H1N1. Let's get into this. Well, then we need to have a little bit of strife with Six Nations. And then we need to worry about uh, global warming and the loss of the polar bears that are tripling in, uh, in population. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, isn't it amazing that they just keep going through and then it's like, okay, well, you know what? That's played out now. Let's just go back. It's almost like a soap opera. Yeah. Hang in there. You gotta have the that 80s. drama. You gotta have the drama. Wait four years. Exactly. It, but it's the same playbook and it's almost the same actors that are in the same play. And it was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening for the first time. Oceana was always at war with East Asia. It's same thing as they need an enemy image to unite the people that they can uh, throw their frustrations against when the yeah. real problem is your own government. Totally. Totally. Exactly. Yep. A note about residential schools. The largest class action settlement in Canada history to date, the Indian Residential School Settlement Agreement, recognized the damage inflicted on Indigenous peoples by residential schools and established a multi-billion dollar fund to help former students in their recovery. Indigenous communities, governments, and church organizations have long struggled to heal the wounds inflicted by the residential school system. Under the settlement agreement, $1.9 billion was set aside for all former residents of the schools. Every former student would receive $10,000 for the first year of schooling and $3,000 for each subsequent year. According to Indigenous and Northern Affairs Canada, 98% of the estimated 80,000 eligible former students have received payment by the end of December 2012, with over $1.6 billion approved for payment. In addition to the common experience payments, funds were for independent assessment process, an out-of-court process for resolving claims of sexual abuse and serious physical and psychological abuse. As of the 31st of December 2012, over $1.7 billion has been issued through the IAP. According to the Indian Residential School Education Secretariat, around three times more applications were received than expected. And the IAP is forecast to continue hearings until about 2017. Another $60 million was set aside, which would provide opportunities for individuals, families, and communities to share their experiences. And another $20 million was set aside for projects. Another $125 million was set aside for the Aboriginal Healing Foundation. This program would provide support for former students and for mental and emotional health. Okay, let's move on. Was it um, the garden gnome there down in the state, Fauci? Fauci, yes, Mr. Fauci. Uh, yeah. Apparently he showed up on the morning show for, uh, and they, they hit him with some really tough questions this time when he Is showed you? up. What's that? Kelly Ripa. Kelly Ripa. Oh, Kelly Ripa. No, sorry. I was thinking of, uh, it was a big new Brzezinski, Mika Brzezinski and her. Oh, um, Morning Joe. No, they had it that on Kelly Ripa and uh, the big Michael Strahan. Yeah, Michael yeah. Strahan, the former NFLer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they had a they 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 held them to the to the torch and asked them really tough questions. They they're asking Boxers what their dessert was. Um, <laughs> where did where where did he find the best restaurants in town and in New York City? Uh, and they also you know what was this the uh, 
favorite vacation and, and really tough questions, keeping the, the heat on them nice. for the whole interview. It was pretty, pretty tough. Oh, you're being facetious. Okay, That's I thought the word. they were actually doing their job. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently his emails have come out and uh, it indicates that, uh, again, he's not a big proponent of mass. He's also... Uh, but he had that? already given an interview on that earlier. Yeah. And he's like, well, hold on, hold on now. <laughs> and then yeah. we're two of them. Yeah, there were two of them, one for you, one for me. And then he also, uh, what's it, gain-of-function research? Yes. The gain-of-function research that they didn't fund, but they actually did fund by handing money from A to B, that which went to C instead of handing it from A to C. Which uh, was illegal. So, which is just as legal what they're doing. They're, they, there's a moratorium on the gain-of-function research. And yeah. a lot of the question is now is uh, there on the examination of the COVID virus, they're saying that it doesn't have any ancestry. Mm-hmm. No, it was engineered. It was engineered, oh, yeah. There's a female doctor that said that anyways. Yeah. The one Asian that defected, and then there was another older lady that uh, that said it. had nothing nice to say about Fauci. Yeah. I get where she wrote a book, and she was deplatformed off all social media. Yeah. Yeah, they just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the Daily Mail, uh, I know it's a good tabloid that everybody should pay attention to, is reporting uh, that the, there's a comparison of COVID with a bat and a COVID, uh, which is infecting the, the actual disease. And there's in the genome sequencing, there's a big empty space that's all written up with some kind of artificial uh, input indicating that it was uh, a created virus. And this is being reported by, um, techni- I guess, uh, some technicians or some organization in England is, is reporting this. Well, there's to support that, though, in some of the emails to Fauci, there were people that were sending him emails say, explaining that it seemed like there was, um, this didn't come from a bat. Uh, because they said that it looks like sequences were engineered and he chose to ignore it and then continued promoting the, uh, the bat theory. I'm surprised they didn't have a picture of bat boy, uh, you know, saying that this was, this was where the jump occurred from, from bats to bat boy to human. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so he lied about that. He, he denied the, the involvement of the gain of function. He denied um, some people that were actually showing that hydro, hydroxychloroquine actually was, uh, in some cases, effective. He lied about uh, non, uh, what do they say, non-asymptomatic spread. He <laughs> lied about that. I mean, the guy lied about everything. Yeah. Research showed that out of the 10 million people in Wuhan, that only 300 people were accounted for asymptomatic spread. That's amazing, first of all. And then uh, I, I just go back to what first came out. It was first listed as Wuhan virus. And then that became all of a sudden racist. But now that we're worried about the Indian variant, the Brazilian and the UK variant, but that's apparently not racist. It shifts. And then, you know, you look, you look at um, the way they just kept, uh, kept calling it coronavirus. Then it was COVID-19. And then it's all of this. Then you've got Fauci also owning part of Moderna. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. 
but he's also he funded money uh, funding money through the gain of function but also too the did you see the pentagon reports that they they funneled money up and through this wuhan province as well or this laboratory in wuhan where the virus came out yeah yeah and, and the other thing is um where he lied uh was the fact of uh, vaccinated or sorry um getting the virus and your immune system uh, being able to fight it because there's uh, I was reading uh, or watching one um, vac- vaccine doctor who, who was actually the former vice president of Pfizer like this guy is pro vaccine and he was saying they tested people's blood who had SARS and they tested it on the new SARS because this is COVID actually called SARS COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They tested their blood where they would have the T cells, which are the cells that actually attack the cells that, that have the virus. Yeah. Um, that 17 years later, with the 40% genetic variant, the T cells still attacked the virus. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're worried about variants, he said, that might vary 3%. Horse yeah. shit. Yeah, and in with the T cells, you have NK cells, which are natural killers that are like the assassins that go around the body to take out all of the free, all of the, the radicals and everything else. It's interesting how, when you look at it, that Kerry Mullins, the PCR guy who created the PCR test, he said, this is useless, had nothing nice to say about Fauci. But then also, too, the government was so much against looking at antigen testing and everything else. And I, I, I suppose the reason why they're against antigen t- testing is how many people have been exposed to it and actually have the antigens? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You don't need a vaccine if you have the actual medicine in your own body because you fought it off at one point, you weren't aware of it. You know, think, think about everything they told you about masks. We know that he didn't even believe in masks. Proof in Dutch studies showed over 6,000 people that they, they did not have a significant p-value uh, in studies. But at the same time too, you you had actually the opposite saying if you wore a mask, you're more likely to get a, a bacterial pneumonia and to have distress in your lungs. Yeah, and Fauci actually wrote a report about, about that with uh, during the Spanish flu. Wrote a paper. That's right. Exactly. But he also wrote wrote a paper that was also that he was on that was published talking about HCQ, hydroxychloroquinoline, that how it helped with SARS in 2003 in Toronto. <laughs> I know. And then, you know what? If I start getting the symptoms and I go to a hospital or a clinic and I ask for hydroxychloroquine and they tell me no, yes. somebody's going to need a fucking ambulance. Yeah. Well, you see that happen in, uh, in New York State where uh, the, the guy had asked for hydroxychloroquine. And they denied him, and his family um, filed an immediate uh, 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 court application, and the courts ordered the hospital to give the guy hydroxychloroquine, and they did, and he was out of the hospital from two days after that. Yep. I could I'm tell you. Thinking of of getting some. <laughs> I could tell you. Well, just go that, see your doctor that, and say you're going to travel in South America and you need the need some. From malaria. Yeah, I am malaria. Take the malaria country. It, the interesting thing is, of what I know firsthand knowledge, 
is HCQ does work within eight hours. That you knew, knew you need 200 milligrams, two pills for five days for treatment, and you will get better more than likely, almost like close to 101%. Hmm. How do you get it though? There are various ways. There's online prescription companies that will write it. It isn't uh, one of the best things to do is it is legal to do it and you will get a doctor, but you have to pay for it. Uh, if you look at Dr. I can't pronounce his first name, but his last name is Zelenko. He created this Zelenko protocol and kind of revived this HCQ thing. Um, he's a family physician in the, in the city of Buffalo. And oh, uh, yeah. he, he's done studies. So look up the Zelenko protocol and Zelenko, um, how to get Zelenko medication. And they, it's, it comes with uh, HCQ, zinc, and um, uh, zithromycin. Perifomycin. Yes, the, 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 the Z-Pack, which is a five-pill, uh, four-day, I believe, treatment. Um, you can do that. There, and the pharmacies are in North America. I believe it's about $120 supply to get you better through it. That's one way to go. There is, when we talk about something else, I'll try to look it up for sure. Yeah, I've got him here. Vladimir Zelenko. That's right. He's got his own uh, to take and win. And... Yeah, and the, and the amazing thing is it was, it was adopted. It was a peer-reviewed re study, and it was uh, done and correlated with uh, uh, Harvard and Yale Medical School. Oh, yeah. So this yeah, guy's I'm not no dummy. Right now, they use um, hydro hydroxychloroquine, uh, azithromycin, yeah. and zinc. They also recommend vitamin D3 in high dosage and vitamin C at about a, uh, one, mil one gram per day mm -hmm. or 1,000 milligrams. The other thing you can do, you can also, with different protocols, I'm not, I'm not a physician in this matter, but look into your own research. Uh, there's also a medication called quercetin in there and it, it mimics a lot of antivirals and it is still to be found over the counter and it is very effective. And Dr. Zelenko says, if you're not able to get HCQ, that's the one to go for. And what's that? Sorry, what, again? what was that one? What? Yeah, it's called quercetin, but also too, you also take a look at, uh, so, so that, that, that's the natural brand of it. But then you ignore all of the research on ivermectin and ivermectin can actually be bought at any uh, veterinarian shop. Yes. At, at a, like a pet store or, or are you talking to actual veterinarian I, equipment and supply? Perhaps, but it could be bought at any place that does anything to do with farmers, mm. farmers feed, anything like that. Anything to do with stable animals. You the know, thing is you need to get doses is very exact. That's you know the problem. They, you just got to mix it yourself. I looked up this one study and they found that they did like a control group of treated patients and non-treated patients. 84% less treated patients were hospitalized. Five times less uh, death. Yeah. And it's a drug that's bought over the counter in any third world country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you can't get it really over here. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And it was just pulled off the market. I think in, I think it was pulled off the market less than 15 years ago where you could buy it over the counter. Now you, you, it's not 
on the store shelves, but you have to ask the pharmacist for it. Yeah, it's just amazing. Was that Within ivermectin the, or, or is this? No, that, that was uh, HCQ. Or HCQ. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So it's also too, a pretty good regimen too. Tonic water has it in it. 81 milligrams per one liter of um, tonic water will also have it. So that could be used. Uh, people have been using that as, uh, as a daily how maintenance. Much, how much? But there's so much water. sugar in there. Yeah. Was that? How much tonic water would you have to drink to treat yourself? You'd have to drink four liters of tonic water. Oh. You pr pr probably would become a diabetic by the time you get there. Four, four liters per day? Yeah. <laughs> you you got to get ready. But hey, listen. At the same time, it doesn't taste too good. But if one of the side effects is you lose your smell and taste, it's not bad. Yeah. But it's interesting. Within the last week, the FDA has also banned a non-essential amino acid from being sold on Amazon. Why? Because it's a lung decongestant and a liver cleanse. So there's always been rumors that the government has been is going to be coming after vitamins and over-the-counter supplements that would benefit your one's health. And I, you know, we always looked. We I mentioned this in the, at another podcast that. You know, it's not necessarily the overt act of going to war. But look how our life has been turned upside down due to the quarantine act. But whoever paid attention to that, whoever paid attention to look at our Canada food guide, it is not nutritious whatsoever. And it was laying the groundwork for Bill Gates to get synthetic meats and to use more plant and uh, hormone and manufactured chemical based foods into our diet. It had nothing to do with science whatsoever. It has everything to do with touchy-feely emotions and saving the planet. That's that's my take on that. Yeah. It's so getting back to Fauci, we know he's lied his way through everything by the looks of it uh, and has not been truthful to the public. But now let's translate that into what's happening up here in, uh, in Canada is uh, are we just following suit exactly to the Fauci protocols? Are we uh, following his lead? Or are, are, are there any uh, medical um, people here that uh, are creating their own little kingdom on coronavirus? Oh, the tranny. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and where is she getting her guidance? Is she taking it from the seat? CPP, or is she taking it from Fauci and the CDC or the WHO? The, uh, I think she's, what's the UN health, the WHO? The WHO. Not the yeah, band which either. Is, which is the backdoor funneling of the Chinese government, the yeah. CCP. Yeah. So. Or I call it CPP. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the CCP. Call me bastard. That's right. But, but I think it all has to do with this global come back to the globalist agenda i i, I think i think you could look at both the bill and melinda gates foundation i think you look at the rockefeller foundation and look at the people who fund the who um and just the overriding the people who would grab power i i i think that's what it is i i cannot come up with any other idea of why you shut something down for what essentially works out to the flu I really don't get it unless there's a there, there's something else sinister going now, on. That's my one of my questions. Now, 
let's see we get this confirmed that it's coming out of lab or wuhan and the chinese government was involved what should be the what should be done about that should we uh sue the u.s government for uh funding it or should we sink the chinese navy for facilitating it or what should what would be the alternatives isn't it funny how Trump went on and uh, said that they should sue the Chinese government for $10 trillion? Yep. And um, that was just for the financial reparations and something else. I think whole Chinese officials are accountable. That's never going to happen. Oh, no. Oh, my no, goodness. It, it, would take, it would take a revolution in this country because neither of the two, uh, any, none of the three political parties will pull their head out of the Chinese ass yeah yeah well I the mean, problem um, i just think that the only thing they will feel is if you get well we'd start with our own country is um ban every single chinese product we could find uh, expel every chinese national um bring home warn every canadian citizen who happens to be over there to get their ass back here or face you know you're on your own and expel every Chinese national, close their embassy, ban every single Chinese product that comes into this country, and prevent them from ownership of property. Yeah. yeah, confiscate. Actually, as part of the lawsuit, we could confiscate the property of every Chinese national. It's the only thing that'll work. They are 1933 Nazi Germany. Yeah, they're waiting for their opportunity. Uh, they're waiting for the vulnerability of uh, the Western powers, which, uh, you know, undermine the leadership in the West because of the look of the sycophants we've got in power in Washington and Ottawa, you know. Apologists, apologists in power. Yeah, and, 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 and Aaron O'Toole's no better. He's not like, if he votes he, uh, to, to not go for an election until uh, this COVID stuff is done. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, he, he's... He's just another pandering, limp-wristed, jelly-backed political opportunist. He's got no principles. Tell us how you really feel, though, Todd. (laughs) He's a piece of shit, like the others, the leaders of the other party. Yeah. I'm going to guess. I'm going to go on the limb on this and put timestamp on this. I'm going to guess Nigel Farage is somehow going to be indicted on this. Nigel Farage. <laughs> I'm going to go out there. Uh, out of England, eh? I think it's going to happen. What's that, that yeah. game, seven degrees of separation? or Yeah. yeah. What it's called? Yeah. And I think that's a good point on, on where we should leave this. And uh, we'll, we'll look forward to see what happens to Nigel. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we could keep an eye on the, the, the circumstances. But, uh, yeah, this has been an interesting uh, topic today for the Canadian Beacon. And uh, thanks, guys, for uh, your contributions. And, and let's see where this goes. It should be interesting. Thanks again for uh, listening to the Canadian Beacon podcast. You have been listening to the Canadian Beacon podcast. We would love to hear your comments or suggestions. Please email us at cbpodcast at codegeco.ca or follow us on Facebook under the Canadian Beacon.